you uh, pray with me, please? Father, I just thank you for the day. And I ask that you will open our hearts, open our minds to uh, your leading today. Speak through me and use me. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love to read. Uh, Now that I'm an empty nester, I get to read more than I ever have before. And I read a lot. Uh, I read um, several magazines cover to cover. Uh, I try to read at least a couple of books a month. Most of the books that I read have some spiritual significance, but some I just think they look interesting, so I read them. And I was in Kansas City here uh, uh, a couple of months ago. My wife was having some dental surgery, and uh, I took the opportunity to go to Barnes & Noble and buy an overpriced cup of coffee and uh, buy a book. And I go to the uh, discount table because I don't like to pay retail for anything, and I pick up this book. And the name of the book was The Five Secrets You Must Know Before You Die. Five Secrets You Must Know Before You Die. And I thought, this sounds a good book. Who doesn't like to know a good secret? And uh, so I pick up the book, and, uh, and I start reading them. Now, if you are in the middle of the five secrets uh, that you must know, discover before you die, spoiler alert, I'm going to reveal those five secrets to you today. So plug your ears. Here are the five secrets. They are, be true to yourself. Leave no regrets. Become love. Live the moment. Give more than you take. Those are the five secrets. Be true to yourself, leave no regrets, become love, live the moment, give more than you take. Now, obviously, those aren't secrets. They're not new. I mean, we all knew that, right? Um, and uh, I honestly was a little disappointed. The book itself was really good. It was a good read. It had a lot of application and stories, and I enjoyed the book. But I was, I was hoping to have something that would uh, really be profound, life-changing, and uh, would shape my life for the better. But what I realized in reading this book was, and the author actually explained this, it says knowing these five so-called secrets wasn't the key. It wasn't the key. It was putting them into practice. It wasn't the knowing. It was the doing. And I thought, that is profound. Um, Because if you're like me, for the most part, we know what we need to do. We know what we should do. We know what is best for us. We know what God wants from us. It's the actual doing that I sometimes struggle with. Does anybody else struggle with that sometimes? It's the application of knowledge that we need help with. We all know we should eat healthy, right? We know that a spinach and kale salad is going to be better for us than a batter-dipped, deep-fried candy bar. But I'm telling you now, if I get to choose, I am picking that deep-fried candy bar every time. If you've never had one, don't. It will absolutely ruin you. Um, and, and you know you should exercise, right? We know uh, that we should get out and, and, and exercise and get that heart rate up. But when the alarm goes off, it is so easy to hit the snooze button or come up with excuses or reasons why uh, we don't have time or it's too cold or it's rainy or whatever it is. And it's not that we don't want to exercise, it's that we don't want to exercise enough to discipline ourselves to get up and actually do it. It's like playing the piano. I've always wanted to play the piano. But I don't want to play it enough to do everything necessary to learn it. Most of the time we know exactly what we need to do. 
what we should do. But it's putting those things into action that can be difficult at best. Applying what we already know to our lives is key to us to have the life that God has in store for us. Jesus said that he came so that we could have life and have it to the full. And that full, complete, fulfilling life that God has promised us is possible if we follow his guidelines, his principles. And this isn't rocket science. So over the next four weeks, as Dusty mentioned, uh, we're going to address the three real secrets that you must discover before you die. The three things God wants from our lives. And these three things are critical to everything we do. Uh, They are essential in us coming to Christ in the first place. Uh, They are essential in our everyday lives, how we interact with others, what our relationships look like, what we do with our lives, with our time, with our money, what our priorities are. If you could narrow down what it means to be a Christian, to live a full, complete life in Christ, these three things would describe it. If you want to know the secret of life, the real things that you must know before you die, it is those three things. And as Dusty mentioned, it is love God, love others, and live God's plan for your life. That is the mission statement for our church. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 Mark chapter 12, verse 30, and Luke chapter 10, verse 27, all say basically the same thing. When asked, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus responded with this. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. God's desire for you is very straightforward. Love God, love others, and then go live it. And that's it. That's all you need to know. And if knowing was enough, we would all be eating right, exercising every day. Our church would be filled to capacity uh, because of all the visitors we invite. Our community, the community we live in, would be changed forever. James 1, chapter 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You see, knowing who God is and knowing about Jesus Christ is not having the same per- or is not the same as having that personal, intimate, loving relationship with them. The kind of relationship that changes a person. The kind of relationship that would cause a person to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning every morning so that they could spend several hours in prayer before they got their day started. Which is what E.K. does every single morning. I can know a lot about flying, but it doesn't make me a pilot. And I can know a lot about Christ, but it doesn't make me a Christian. I have to take that knowledge and put it into practice. Live it on a daily life, or di- live it on a daily basis. And I can promise you this, I will not be judged when I die on what I know. I will be judged on what I do. So today I'm not going to tell you that you need to love God. You need to love Him more or differently uh, or better, because you already know that. The last thing you need from me is to hear another sermon telling you what you already know. What I would like to do this morning is just be very open and honest with you. When I found out I was going to speak on the topic of loving God, I said, well, good, I, I could go at this a lot of different directions. So I began preparing what I wanted to say to you this morning. 
And I was deeply convicted by the Holy Spirit. I realized very quickly that I was in no position to tell you how to love God. I can't teach something that I don't do well myself. I say I love him. I want to love him. The thing is, if I did, if I truly loved God like I say I do, with that deep, abiding love that changes a person, then I think it would show up more in my life and in my attitudes and in my actions. If I were to ask you if you loved God, I would say most, if not all, would say absolutely, by all means, I love Him with everything that I have. And I would have been one of them. But when I began to really examine my life uh, in preparation for today, what I realized was very sobering. I realized I was a lot of talk and not that much action. So again this morning, instead of me telling you what you need to do, uh, I just want to share with you a couple of things that I realized in my own life as I was reflecting on what loving someone really means. And maybe, just maybe, you can identify with a couple of those things. First of all, if I love someone, if I love someone with all my heart, with everything that I had, I would want to spend time with that person. I was talking to my son a few weeks back about a young lady that he has been seeing And uh, we were just talking about what love looked like. And I I recalled to him uh, the first time I began dating his mother. And uh, I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, I'm sure you do because we talk about it a lot. Uh, November 13th, 1982 was the first day that I went out with uh, my wife. And uh, we went out for pizza. It was Canadian bacon. Uh, we went to a movie. I can't remember the movie for sure, but, uh, and then we went back to her place and just, uh, uh, played a rousing game of blindfolded Donkey Kong. Uh, if you want to know how to play that, see me later. Uh, and, uh, we stayed up just laughing and just having a great time. And I, and it was late when I left. It was probably one o'clock or so in the morning when I left. And this became a ritual, uh, became an every... Saturday night thing, and we would go out for dinner, uh, we would go out, uh, watch, we would watch a movie, and then we would go back to her place and uh, play games or, or watch TV or something like that, and, and I would stay late. Uh, her dad uh, would come by the door uh, when it was time that he felt like I should be moving on and would say something like, uh, did you guys realize it was 1.30 or 2.00? It was his not-so-subtle hint of, get out of my house. Um, and I had the best intentions. I would, I would, the next week, I would come back and say, okay, honey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave at, at midnight tonight. I'm, I'm going to be home at a decent hour. And so midnight would roll around, and I would say, okay, I, I really got to go. And she would look up at me at those big brown eyes <laughs> and say, please don't go. Just stay a little bit longer. You think she's sweet? She is pure evil, I'm telling you. (laughs) And what would I do? I would melt, of course, because I wanted to spend time with her. Uh, When you love someone, you want to spend time with that person. You make excuses to spend time with that person. You go out of your way to spend time with them. And I've got to be honest with you. Even being on staff, I do not seek to spend time with my Creator like I should. I allow things to get in the way of my quiet time. 
in the way of my prayer time, in the way of my alone time with Him. I thought it would be easier once I got on staff, but if anything, it's more difficult. And the thing is, when I do seek Him, when I do spend that time with Him, everything goes so much better. Everything goes smoother in my life. I have more time. When I take time out to do those things that I know I should do, I have more time. And yet, many times I allow other things to get in the way that in the long run will have absolutely no significance, like running or playing basketball or sleep. You see, I make time for the things that I love. Maybe you can identify with my struggle. Another thing that I realize is if I love someone with all my heart, I would listen to them. Now, most guys get a bad rap for not being good listeners. And I have to say, for the most part, that is, that is true. When I'm watching a, a good ball game, I don't care if uh, Miss America walked in or the Queen of England. I would not hear a thing that they would say. My wife knows that if I'm engrossed in a game, it is best to wait until there is a stop in the action or she will most certainly have to repeat herself. And it's not that I don't want to listen to her. Uh, It's that I, I have deemed something more important at that time to listen to. Did you hear what I said? When I neglect to listen to my wife, what I communicate to her is that ball game is more important to her, or more important to me than her. Now, yes, she could wait until the ball game was over with, but the point is there is nothing on this earth more important to me than my wife. And if I truly loved her like I say I do, then nothing, not the best game ever played, would get in the way of me listening to her. Plus, I believe that is why the DVR was invented, but that's another story. Um, But if I truly loved someone, there would be nothing that would stop me from listening to them listening to what they have to say. Here are some of the things that the Lord has to say. Come to me all you are who you come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Anyone feel burdened at times? Overwhelmed at times that just need some rest? Here's another. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Does anyone ever feel alone or fearful at times? Here's another one. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests made known to God. And the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Does anyone worry about things that they have no control over? Do you need a little peace and a little comfort? I don't know about you, but if I love God like I say I do, I would listen to what He has to say to me and I would take heed. He loves you and me beyond what we can imagine. And He continues to speak into our hearts to comfort us, to lift us up, to encourage us to instill peace in us, to grant us joy if we will seek Him, if we will listen to Him and do what He says. Third, if I love someone with all my heart, I would want to do things for them. 
I love my mom and dad very, very much, but they really jacked me over when they were raising me. Uh, my, uh, they're not here to defend themselves so I can talk about them. Uh, my dad worked for the Missouri Department of Transportation uh, during the day, and we lived on a farm. And so uh, in the, on the weekends, we, we did stuff uh, with the farm. And uh, my mom uh, was, a, was a homemaker. She worked in the house. And, uh, you know, because of uh, my dad being gone, uh, you know, during the day uh, at work and then on the weekends doing farming stuff, uh, she did everything. I, I did not do anything growing up. I did not dust. I, I didn't clean. I didn't uh, wash clothes. I didn't make a bed until I was out of college. Yes, I know. I t- I'm telling you, she, she messed me up. Um uh, um, I, literally, if I wanted to, if I wanted to, I, I'd be sitting watching TV, and she was constantly saying, "Can I get you anything? Would you like something to drink?" I mean, she she was she was a servant-minded person, and uh, w- w- my jobs were all outside of the house. You know, I, I uh, fed cattle and fed the pigs and, and uh, uh, cut wood, those things, all the all the outside stuff. She took care of all the inside stuff. My wife, on the other hand, was uh, raised with a family or in a family, who had two working parents. Both mom and dad worked out of the home. They lived in town. And so when they were home, they both shared in the household duties. Her dad did as much, did as much around the house as her mom did. And uh, when, 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 I was, when we were first married, I was working. She was still going to college. And so it wasn't really much of an issue for a couple of years. That was the honeymoon phase. Uh, uh, but then she started working, and we had a child together, Jordan, and things changed. Let's just say we had very different approaches about how the husband and wife's roles were in the house. And, uh, and it wasn't that I didn't want to help. Okay, it was. I, 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 have, to be, <laughs> I have to be honest with you, it was, because I, I did not want to do housework at all. Uh, uh, but I realized after way too many years of neglecting my wife that if I loved her like I said I did, then I would want to do things for her. I would help her. I would love her through my service to her. And what I realized is that when I did things out of love instead of out of any obligation or requirement or sense of duty, that I didn't hate it anymore because I loved making her happy by what I did. Do you struggle sometimes in serving others like I do? Uh, even though I, I know God wants me to do it, I know He wants me to, to love Him through my service to others. Maybe it's how you were raised, or maybe you just become complacent over the years. We don't get to pick and choose who we serve either. God just says, serve them all. And sometimes the people that, we, that He wants us to serve are just plain ungrateful or mean but just like helping my wife when we serve God when we serve out of love it becomes so much easier and even enjoyable sometimes I like to think of God smiling when I do things for others the problem is I don't always do those things I don't always serve him the way I should I don't love him through my service to him. Maybe you can relate. 
Another issue is trust. If I love someone, uh, then I will trust them. It is so easy to fall into the temptation of not trusting someone in a relationship, particularly uh, when that relationship is, is young, it's early on. But trust is uh, the basis of a good relationship. You can't have a healthy relationship without one. And the thing is about trust, it's a two-way street. One person trusts, the other person becomes trustworthy. And I was thinking that if I love God like I said, that I should trust Him in everything and with everything. Do you know that worry is a lack of trust in God? You basically are saying, God, you're not big enough to handle this issue, whatever that issue is. I need to do some worrying to help you with that. Not giving, not tithing is a lack of trust. You basically are saying, God, you're not big enough to handle my finances. I need to take care of those. So much of my life depends on what I put my faith and trust in. Will it be my health or will it be God? Will it be my circumstances or will it be God? Will it be my family or will it be God? My job or God? My retirement account or God? The stock market or God? And if I love God like I say I do, I would trust Him with everything because He has proven over and over and over again that He is completely trustworthy. Lastly, if I love someone with all my heart, I would never let anything come between us. Nothing. When I said my vows, I said the usual, uh, for better or worse, richer or poorer, um, sickness and in health. And so far, this has been a little easier for me to fulfill. I've loved my wife through some rough patches and through some good ones. Uh, Mostly good, thank goodness. Through sickness and in health, poor and not quite so poor. and to be truthful, it has been much easier to love my wife in these times than it was than it has been to love God. And it's not that I stop loving God, but when things are going well in my life, I tend to rely on Him less. I tend to seek Him less. Maybe you can relate. When times are good, health is good, job is good, children are good, I tend to lapse in autopilot. I'm not having to steer, and I just become a passenger in my own life. I slip into this, it's, I call it a comfort mode. Have you ever found yourself there? At some point we just find ourselves in this routine and we stop seeking and pursuing God. It's so easy to take Him for granted. And we don't mean to. It's not intentional, it just happens. Like so many times in our marriages. Not long ago, I, it struck me that I was 51 years old. And it wasn't that I didn't know how old I was. Uh, it was just the fact that where did those 51 years go? They say time flies the older you get. And when we know that's not true. But I think I figured out one reason why it seems that way. When we were kids, time just kind of poked along. But at some point in our lives, we stopped living and we start existing. Life gets stuck in this rut. And uh, you wake up and you go to work or whatever it is that you do. And you come home and you do it all over again. And and there are some momentous occasions that break up the monotony 
Uh, but for the most part, life just continues to roll along. It's like a hamster wheel. You're on this wheel and you put in a lot of effort, but you don't feel like you go anywhere. I know I need to live each day to the fullest and embrace each day like it's my last. Live it completely. I know what I need to do but what, and what I should do, what would be best for me. I just don't always do it. Life continues to roll along, completely oblivious to my dilemma. And I want to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I want to love Him to the point that it changes me, that I become more like Him, that i got to stop talking about it. I've got to stop just reading about it, and I've got to start living it to show my love. You see, telling my wife I love her is hollow without the evidence of that love. When you see us together, you should immediately know that I love her by how I treat her, how I trust her, how I listen to her, and my desire to be with her. The truth of my love is in the evidence of my life. Listen to that. The truth of my love is in the evidence of my life. It is the same with our love for God. To love Him with such passion and abandon that His love starts making a difference in my life. Do you have that kind of love for God? The kind of love that changes a person? The kind of love that puts His will and His purpose above our own? The kind of love that would make you get up at three in the morning so that you could have time to spend two hours in prayer before you started the day? Or have you found yourself like I have, just going through the motions, not living a life of love and devotion? Maybe at times you've even forgotten why you were here in the first place. This might be a good question to ask yourself, because it was for me. How many, how many of your thoughts and actions on any given day is centered around yourself and your comfort? And how many of your thoughts and actions each day are centered around God and His purpose? And I can tell you for sure, for me, it was far too often centered around myself. The truth of my love for God is in the evidence of my life. The first step in living that first secret isn't knowing we should love God. It is putting that knowledge into practice. To live a life of love. And I hope you will join me in a change and start loving God, our Creator, our Savior, our Redeemer, in the way that we know we should. I want to close this morning with a prayer Paul wrote in his letter to the church in Ephesus. In in Revelation chapter 2, we read about the warning given to that church. And here it was, John says, uh, or Jesus says, you have forgotten your first love. And it wasn't that that church was not doing great things. They were. They had just forgotten why they were there. They had forgotten their first love. It wasn't a matter of knowing. It was a matter of doing. Because they knew what they should be doing. They just weren't practicing it. And John reveals in in, uh, Revelation 2 that if they do not turn around, if they do not change their ways, then they will be condemned. Knowing how much God loves you should change how you love God. We love Him because He first loved us. So if I ask you this morning to bow your head and listen to this prayer that Paul gave to the church in Ephesus. It is my prayer for us today.
It's Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verses 14 through 21. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. As we sing today an invitation hymn, if you have anything on your heart that you need to uh, give over to God, I would encourage you to do that. If you've realized like I have that you don't love him like you should, Maybe spend some time on your knees or just in prayer asking Him to show you how to love Him more. If you have a decision, if you've never made a commitment to follow Christ with all your heart, please come and do that today.